Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, and joining me this evening, as always, are Trey Barrett from North Carolina and Will Greenwood, who's on the road in lovely Denver, Colorado. And I think you're at an interesting location, Will. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm sitting here at the, the Grand Hyatt Denver downtown location where all the fun things are happening tonight. And I hear some people in the background, so it's almost like this is our first live show. This is very exciting. I mean, people are definitely looking at me, so it's alive as it can be. Uh, what did you think of the, the trade deadline, all, all the crazy deals that went down? This is like Major League Baseball this sudden, right? I feel like the trade deadline is like, is like kind of having like a drug addiction <laughs> in the sense of uh, you – so you have all these crazy deals go down. You're just waiting for the next one. And, uh, you know, after Kelvin – JJ, I guess, moves, you're like, whoa. And Kelvin Benjamin moves, you're like, whoa. And then you're like waiting for that next one, that next, that next pin to drop. You're like, something's got to happen. That's different. And then, you know, just something else happens, but doesn't really happen in the sense of like the Browns thing. We'll get into that later. But uh, overall, it was super fun. I think we're in a great era of the NFL as far as trades go. But uh, kind of like, like a high low in the trade deadline. Like, I just, got, you know, I just kind of wanted more. They, they, they teased me with all these great deals. And I just want like, another big one. Yeah, some names, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, among others that didn't get sold that, that we heard some reports. Trey, what, how are you doing? What were your thoughts on the trade deadline? thought it was very interesting. I thought there were, you know, a couple big names that moved. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, Kelvin Benjamin is a big guy. Uh, I guess a little bit of a big name. Um, you know, I think one of the underrated moves at the deadline, and I think it was pretty uh, remarkable for both teams, was the Garoppolo trade uh, because the Patriots get uh, San Francisco's second-round pick. And last time I checked, San Francisco's got a goose egg in the win column. So, I mean, that basically is going to be uh, the first, maybe second pick in the second round. So that's a really, really nice pick there for the Patriots to – just continue to add talent to their roster. And I, I think that uh, it gives the 49ers a chance to see what Garoppolo can do uh, because they're obviously going to have a pick at the front of the first round. So they kind of have an opportunity to, you know, take a half season test drive of Garoppolo. If Shanahan thinks he can be his quarterback of the future, then they go for it and use that early pick on something else. So I, I thought it was a really great move by, by both organizations um, maybe not super huge for fantasy this season, but I think down the road could have some impact and especially in super flex leagues. Yeah, no, that's right. That, that was a very interesting move for all those reasons. Uh, well, well, uh, well explained. Um, so it, it was the, the trade deadline and we're getting into, um, you know, next couple of weeks, you're going to have trade deadlines in your dynasty league. So we're going to get into our buys and sells extravaganza on this show. That's the, the meat of the show. But before we get into the meat of the show, we're going to get into, of course, our average Joe moment of the week. And this week, we're naming our average Joe moment of the week after Mr. DeAndre Hopkins, who was incredible this week, along with his, uh, 
his teammates, um, Deshaun Watson and uh, Will Fuller again. <laughs> Believe it or not, he keeps doing it somehow. So he's got a strong first name. Yes, he does. So, Will, tell tell us your average Joe DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Can I even say his name? Moment of the week. <laughs> The DeAndre Hopkins. So the I have this uh, PPR team that I did in Octajaff earlier. And I was like, well, I'm, it, it's funny being like the more and more you're into fantasy, you just think you can kind of like own these drafts and auction drafts. And long story short, I, I you know I did the Le'Veon Bell DJ stack because I thought like, oh, I'm gonna get some a ton of great value later. And I, this team isn't great by any means. I called my dumpster dive PPR team, and I just it just recently got to four and four, and I started Paul Richardson on the squad. It's just been kind of an up and down year for them. And I also got Kenyon Drake for two fab dollars. Uh, since in PPR, they have Damian Williams projected higher for this week. I think he went a little bit under the radar. And so for two fab dollars, uh, I was pretty, I was honestly probably more excited about that than I should have been. No, I think that's something to be excited about for sure. Um, you know, spe- speaking of teams, my idea, Andre Hopkins moment of the week has to do with this team that I have. It's an all rookie team. So um, uh, all of us are in this dynasty league where one lucky owner, um, and, and s- instead of doing the startup draft, they got all the rookie picks, um, one through 14, it's a 14 team league, uh, super flex. Um, so my team, uh, we were going against a six and one team. I started Matt Moore, um, as one of my QBs. So I wasn't off to a good start. I did have the Ravens defense, however, and going into Monday night, I was down, or I was up, excuse me, but only up by about 13 and a half points. My opponent had Alex Smith. I thought maybe there's a chance of that Denver defense, and I just pulled it out. So my rookie team, four and four, we won 101.6 to 101.5. And I made a big deal with Will to get Cam Newton. So the rookies are going for the playoffs the first year. It should be fun. It's exciting. So that was my big uh, DeAndre Hopkins moment of the week. And Trey, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, Trey is kind of Mr. DeAndre Hopkins because you have so many shares of him. So what was your DeAndre Hopkins moment of the week, Trey? Yeah, well, my DeAndre Hopkins moment of the week was the performance of one DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I, you know, the, the guy has been heavily targeted, um, and this was uh, just kind of a blow performance. I know he had the three touchdowns a couple weeks ago, so, you know, he put up a lot of points, but you know, to go over 200 yards and score a touchdown. I mean, this offense is humming on all cylinders. And I think everyone who believed in the talent and, and felt that last year the, the, the big downturn in production was purely related to atrocious quarterback play is being rewarded for believing in DeAndre Hopkins. And um, I, you know, I do own him on three teams where I'm a contender and I, uh, I just am loving having him as my wide receiver one in those leagues. I mean, he's currently the wide receiver one in half PPR and points per game. I think overall Antonio Brown, who has not had a buy, um, is the wide receiver one and, and Hopkins is wide receiver two. Um, but he's, he's been very consistent this year. He's been, I think, um, only missed double digits in one of his seven games and, and of course, has the potential to have these big blow-up games. So that I'm, I'm super, and I'll tell you a little foreshadow as we talk about buys and sells, you know, you, all of you guys out there, um, Alan Robinson's another guy, you know, last year, a little bit struggle this, this next season, if he could get in, in somewhere an offense with a, a solid quarterback, maybe they bring him back in Jacksonville and get a new quarterback there. 
something to think about this year, this time next year, we could be talking about Allen Robinson having a little bit of a renaissance. And Kirk Cousins signs in Jacksonville, ready to go. Or he goes to the Bears, Miss Trubisky to Allen Robinson. We can we can only hope and pray as Bears fans. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. So let's talk about um, what we're calling this week our Browns front office celebration of the week. So the Browns front office celebration of the week, um, a.k.a. I think everyone knows about that, what we're referring to, our, our, our fantasy just let down. So, Will, what's your Browns front office celebration of the week? <laughs> well, I want to get super pumped up about it and then get really sad, realizing I just like missed a phone call. I feel like so – for the record, I also feel like AJ McCarron potentially was just crank calling the 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 NFL the, like the NFL front office the whole time, so the line was busy. So the Browns literally couldn't get through somehow, like to to submit this trade. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly this middle this like how you submit a trade in in the NFL. Uh, but somehow, like AJ McCarron was hacking them. He's like, no, I'm not going there. Like he was going to go all uh, uh, Tom in, in Game of Thrones at that last episode if he got traded to the Browns. But anyway. So my thing is, uh, I, I kind of bought into Austin Eckler last week in the sense of I like him as a player. I like his story. I love reading about him. Uh, I think he's a great athlete, great pass catcher, everything he does. And the, the only thing I did is uh, I started him in a couple of leagues just because I thought, like, uh, it's going to be a shootout in, in, uh, with the Patriots and the Chargers. That was going to be a super high-scoring game. I thought, you know, with Melvin Gordon a little bit banged up, he's going to have an okay week. It's going to be super fun. It's gonna, I'm just going to have root for Austin Eckler. It's going to be a great week for him. And – I kind of lose it a little bit when it comes to fantasy football, and I, and I lead with my heart versus my brain, and I need to look more at the analytics. And so, my end of the day is uh, just the the way I'll phrase it is the way to be like, hey, if you, if you start Austin Eckler, more than likely you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose too. I like that though. That was bold. That was a bold start. I I, I like the the boldness. Uh, it got me nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, my, mine, my, uh, I guess we talk about Browns for enough a celebration of the week. And this, this actually works because Zeke, you know, I, I happen to own Zeke in a, uh, in a Empire Dynasty League before the season started. But then in a couple other leagues, I, I, you know, drafted Zeke and I acquired him and I was excited about it. And it was like a steal. You know, I, I thought, oh, I got him, you know, late in the second round and he's going to win me my league. So, and I knew there was a big risk with that draft pick. And somehow I'm oddly relieved that Zeke is is suspended. Um, it does hurt my chances in my leagues. One in particular. Um, so I've got uh, now in one league, my my keeper league where I have him. I've got Leonard Fournette. I've got Isaiah Crowell, and I've got Kenyon Drake as my running back core. The, just those three. <laughs> so wish me luck. Um, but I'm kind of relieved it's it's done. But it was the so that's you know that was my celebration. Like I pulled off this great thing in the draft, and now. You know, I guess if I get to the semifinals, I might be okay in those leagues. But, but yeah, other than that, it's a big letdown. Big disappointment. But, but not surprising. I mean, we, we knew it was coming. And if you rolled the dice with Zeke, um, you know, this is – you win some, you lose some. Right, Trey? Uh, wh- what about you, Trey? What, what about your um, Browns front office uh, celebration of the week? Well, you know, it's kind of uh, on the flip side of the coin, celebrating DeAndre Hopkins and, and you know, the fact that I bought him in the offseason and believed in a resurgence – I mean, you know, there's a, a litany of guys that I and, – and I still believe in them all, but, you know, Devontae Parker uh, out the last few weeks. Uh, Stephon Diggs out. He returns this past week, and, you know, he's well-documented struggles for Stephon Diggs when he's on the injury report. He just doesn't have the same production as he does 
when he's healthy, a full week of practice. Um, and, you know, you can throw Sammy Watkins into the mix. I mean, those are three guys that I believed in strongly coming into the season. And I still believe in. I still think they're all three guys that I love to own. Um, they're just not really paying. I mean, I do own them on several teams. And they're just not really paying dividends right now. I mean, obviously, Stephon Diggs was the, the most productive of those three early on in the season. And I think he can return. And he, he could be a pretty pivotal piece for people down the stretch. But – you know, it's it's tough when there's guys that you believe in and they're just not on the field. Of course, Watkins has been on the field. He's just MIA from that offense. But that's that's that was the letdown of the, the you know this past week. Looking at my options on the roster and just seeing these guys that are not playing and Stephon Diggs, I didn't feel comfortable starting. So bummer. Yeah, yeah, there's so many of those guys too, and, and you believe in them, and you feel like they're wasting space on your roster this year, especially when you have a contender. But you, but what can you do? You still believe in them, and you're not going to get full value for them. If you're gonna, if you're a contender and you want to make a move for a piece that can make you help you win this year, and you've got Sammy Watkins, that's a, not a good time to sell Sammy Watkins. Might be a good time to buy him. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but yeah, that, those are frustrating players to own for sure, for sure, because you're you're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck. As I said, I think Sammy Watkins is a good lead-in into our next segment. And that segment is our buys and sells extravaganza. Extravaganza. Buys and sells extravaganza. Extravaganza. (laughs) Super extravaganza. All right. Um, Buys and sells extravaganza is brought to you by Best Buy. Um. And the Grand Hyatt Denver downtown. <laughs> no, we don't really have a sponsor. So uh, potential sponsors out there. If you're listening, hey, um, we're, we're, uh, we're, not, we're not too proud to beg. Um, so, so we're going to talk about some guys that are, are buys and sells. And we mentioned one of them um, that, that I think we all agree on, uh, Sammy Watkins. Um, Will, you had some, some good thoughts about Sammy Watkins. Why don't you share them with us? Why is he a good um, goodbye? Why, why is the guy you want to go out and buy? And what? And, and actually, before we really get into that, we're also going to get into like nuances, right? Because you listen to some of these podcasts, I talk about buys and sells. But you know, what? What's the type of team that should buy Sammy Watkins? And is there a team that should try to sell him? Because as I alluded to, if you're a contender, you have Sammy Watkins. And do you sell him now? Because you're not going to get full value, right? I think Watkins poses one of the best. Like, uh, I'm going to use the word paradigm. And I'm not sure that's the, the best word in the world to use for it, but he presents this, you know, this uh, pretty elite talent, pretty high draft capital coming in the league. He's on the highest scoring offense in the NFL, and he's had one good game. He's had one game where starting every other week, he's like hurt your team. And the thing I looked back on, and I wanted to, to you know, to bring up during the segment is like, well, what, what, what's, you know, why, what, what's going on with Sammy Watkins? And the number, the, uh, he was traded on August 11th. I went back and looked at the first preseason game was August 9th. So two days after the first preseason game, he went over to the Rams. And this is a rebuilding team, a new coach, a new offensive coordinator. They, they, they've had so much turnover on that team. He came in late and, uh, you know, picking up the offense and doing it. You know, we're, we just finished week eight in the regular season. And uh, he, he should have probably shown more than what he has. But I just, at the end of the day, He's, he's just flashed so much. It's hard not to believe in him. And I think he's just kind of a lost cause in a lot of places. And I think in Dynasty, if you are 
so again, I don't think I don't think you should you should trade for Sammy Watkins as a contender. There is a really high upside that's potentially that that is there. I don't see it this year. I don't think that he's going to be this big producer. I think if you're kind of going to like, okay, my team my team is okay. I don't really think I'm going to make the playoffs in my league or this and that. I think right now is the time to go and try to grab Sammy Watkins from somebody if they're still selling. You know, give give a veteran piece, give something that you can. If but if you're a contender that has a, a wealth of assets, you know Watkins is going to be worth more than this next year's late first round picks. In, in my opinion, if you're in a 12 team or 14 team league, and in and at worst second round. So uh, at the end of the day, this is a. I, I think he just presents this, this value opportunity that should be capitalized on, and is completely worth the risk. And I'm not, I wasn't even that big of a Watkins fan coming into the year, but. Uh, I think I think I'm fully on board of, of his value proposition at the moment. Yeah, he's really interesting. And and one of the things the knocks on Sammy Watkins coming into the year, even before he was traded, was that injury history, right? Oh, you know, he he gets injured, um, and that and that hasn't really happened. I mean, yeah, he's concussed. That happens to everybody in the NFL. But but you know, correct me if I'm mistaken, Trey. But he hasn't been injured this year, right? It's just other reasons he hasn't produced. So what 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 are your thoughts, Trey, on, on Sammy Watkins? Yeah, you're you're right. It's not it, the the big key for Sammy coming into the season was the injury history, the foot that was a big concern, and uh, you know I think there was some confidence that the foot was was right based on the repeat surgery, and so I you know I think and you know will I basically will just echo everything that he said. He he painted the picture beautifully. Um, with one exception, and that's, you know, if you are a contender and you have someone in your league that is just fed up with Sammy, I would be willing to try and buy him maybe for uh, your late first. Like if you're going to have uh, a late first, you feel pretty confident that you're making the playoffs. Even if, you know, you look like you're a favorite for a buy, you know, you're going to have one of those last four draft picks. I mean, I think Sammy, if I would gladly give rookie pick 9, 10, 11, or 12 um, in next year's rookie draft for Sammy Watkins because his upside, um, I, I don't see him coming back next year with the Rams. I have to imagine that he's going to move on to another team. And there are a lot, I mean, you know, San Francisco – is is just one spot that they need an alpha receiver and and I would love to see him go there and get matched up with Kyle Shanahan and and be the the primary he he's a guy that needs volume he needs targets um he's not getting that in St. Louis um and I've watched a couple of their games and I've seen there's times where he's getting open uh, but it's just that golf isn't looking his direction the one the one game this year that they've forced him the ball he blew up and and showed what he's capable of. So I still believe in the talent. He needs opportunity. And so I, I think that, you know, of course there's the risk that he just doesn't end up becoming what we expect him to be. But I mean, for instance, I I think maybe there's one, maybe two wide receivers in next year's rookie class that are on the same playing field with Sammy Watkins as far as talent. So I, I think he, he's a great buy right now for anyone, uh, but especially if you're rebuilding, go get him. Yeah, no, I, I was curious. So I checked, you know, uh, leagues, dynasty leagues. I don't have Sammy Watkins. And like the first three I checked, either you 
or will Trey had Sammy Watkins on your roster. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, he, I, I, I completely agree. I can't add anything new. I, I, I love Sammy Watkins and I still believe, and we know, you know, when you, when you change situations like that, especially when he did at the time of year, I, I mean, he's still a stud. Don't worry if you have Sammy Watkins hold. And if, if you don't, yeah, make an offer to that, that owner that has him. Uh, it's yeah, because I'm not selling Sammy Watkins to a contender for their first round pick. Like it, where I own him, even if my team is terrible, I'd rather just hold that. His upside is incredible. All right, guys, I want to jump to a sell of mine, and this may be a little bit of a surprise, and I and I think it's um, going to be a little bit controversial, and that's Jay Ajayi, um, because here's why I think he's a sell. I know he's moved to a better situation theoretically with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but mainly it's a sell because of two reasons. I, I, I worry about that knee. I worry about his injury history. And I worry about his attitude um, that he had with the Miami Dolphins. So Armando Salguero um, on Twitter, at Armando Salguero, had this really good article. Um, he's, uh, you know, he, he, he follows the, the Miami Dolphins. And, and basically it's just about his attitude, how he doesn't do the little things. Um, uh, you know, why did Gase come out and, and kind of call him out after that Baltimore loss? Well, it's because he's, he's not really a team player. He's kind of re- regressed back to where he was last season. If you remember, he didn't make that flight to, for that Seattle game early in the year for the 2016 season. Um, so I think that JHI is just one of those locker room cancer types that has this ticking time bomb with this knee and you know, I, I think he's going to have maybe some success, but I think as a dynasty asset anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to have JJ on my team. I don't want to touch him. So, so, and now I think it's an opportune time to sell him because yes, he's coming off that bad game, but everyone's like, Oh, he's going to the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got this amazing offensive line. He's going to be awesome there. Look at that offense. He's going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, as Dick Vitale would say, super scintillating sensational. That's all the talk here about him. So I, I, I don't, don't buy it. So, I'm a sell. Uh, Trey, I, I think you disagree with me on this one. What do you think about, about JJ as a, as a buyer sell candidate? Yeah, I think – so here's the deal. And I, it all depends. Uh, any player can be a sell depending on the price, right? I mean, if someone's just overpaying you, um, there's a lot of guys on a roster that would be worth selling. However, for me, um, I still believe in JJ. I still think that he is a very talented running back. And so I think that you've got to hold on to him. And I understand that, you know, I read that article um, or at least read um, another article that was kind of referring to some of the stuff that, that was delivered. But, you know, one of the things that I think could help Jedi is it's a new set. It's a, it's a totally different environment. Um, and I think one of, the, one of the things I really like about the move for him other than just being a clean slate fresh is that, I mean, he's going from one of the 10 worst offensive lines in the NFL to one of the top two or three. I mean, I I was looking today and and PFF the last time they rated offensive lines was after week five and the Philadelphia Eagles at that point had the number one offensive line in the NFL. Um, So he's getting an incredible increase, not just, or um, improvement, not just in the offensive line he's running behind, but then um, goal line opportunities. I think that Miami is dead last in the NFL 
in uh, red zone carries. And I believe the Philadelphia Eagles are either top in the NFL or in the top five. So, you know, not only is he going to be running behind a better offensive line in a much better offense, uh, but he's going to be getting a lot more red zone and goal line opportunities. So I think that, that Jay Ajayi is a great hold candidate because I think his talent, PFF, has graded him as the, it was either the sixth or the seventh best running back this season. I know that the numbers haven't been great, but, I mean, if you look at that offense, I mean, this offense just got shut out. Um, in a game that they were losing, they lost by 40 points. So I think that Jay Ajayi has some incredible potential there. I know there's been some concerns about that knee, but I don't think he's missed a game in the NFL because of this knee that everybody's kind of concerned about. So I think that he's a guy that I would want to hold on to right now and kind of see what pans out, see how he does the rest of this season. Um, But I I think that with Doug Peterson being there in Philadelphia, he could be a a big time running back for your team for several years to come. Yeah. It's interesting. You mentioned the offensive line numbers and, you know, looking at a different source, football outsiders, they they rank offensive lines and they specifically look at, you know, rank run blocking. So through week eight, now Miami was among the worst in the league. They have the Miami offensive line for run blo- blocking ranked 31st. But Philadelphia is ranked 21st. So I think that's, you know, depending on who you talk to or what statistics you look at, I don't know in terms of run blocking that the Philadelphia offensive line is as good as advertised. That's one of the reasons I, I mean, I went with you, Trey, you, you want to get value for him, but I think you can, I think there's just a lot of hype now after that trade because you know, Philadelphia, you know, they're, well, they've, they've lost once they've, they, their offense looks fantastic. Uh, Wentz looks amazing and people are buying into that offense. And I think people think, well, they don't have any, any running backs there. Um, so now that they've got a I mean, he's going to, go into that system would be really successful so yeah no it, it's interesting I'm, I'm eager to hear what will thinks about um jay and it, whether you want to buy or sell him will uh, i think i think everything about him i'm just uh so i would say this i think i think he presents this really unique opportunity because you have this massive like the eagles offense is ascending and you have the number one team in the nfl right now Record-wise, I mean, watching them, uh, you know, I, I'm not the best film grading person, so I'll, I'll hold off there. But, uh, you know, they have a, y- a young quarterback who is producing fantasy valuable wide receivers all over the place. He's been Nelson Aguilar a thing. You know, that, that's shocking. That's absolutely shocking. Uh, yeah, you know, Zach Ertz is, is going to vibe for the, you know, the dynasty number one tight end here pretty soon. Uh, so at the end of the day, like him going on offense, like more – like. That is such a great opportunity, but man, it's worrying about JJ. So he, I mean, he just he got benched for that game when they flew to the team, and it's like so they have the counterpoint. After that, he also had three two hundred yard rushing games. After that, so is this just going to get him psyched up? Is he going to be more motivated to do better for the Eagles than what he was doing for the Dolphins? I watched the Dolphins and in uh, Baltimore game, and they were he, he looked like he was I don't know. I to, to me the, the way I compared it is he looked like Lamar Miller last year where he was going down on easy contact early. He wasn't trying very hard. It just seemed like when you watch a player play, and I feel like you can tell whether or not they're giving it their best. They're not – a guy just seemed like he wasn't trying to prove anything anymore. He wasn't trying to be the best he could be. And I think this change is going to be great for him. I think, again, uh, redraft and win now. Uh, see if you can ship him off. 
for some good assets to get back. I don't think I'd be shocked if he becomes a huge producer this year uh, because he doesn't seem to want to put the effort in on the, the offensive side to learn the offense. Uh, but like long term, like next year, uh, I would, I, I mean, like, I would love to have a Jai. Long term, man, that knee's going to be gone by next year. What do you mean? You got this year and that's it. Sell it, baby. It. Come on. Give me, give me 16 months. <laughs> All right, Jay so let's, Jai. Let's, let's quantify this because I think it's really easy to say sell a guy, buy a guy. So, uh, Ryan, what would, what would be the cutoff for you in talking 2018 first-round picks? What would be the cutoff? What would you need to get? Would you any first-round pick right now for JJ? Uh, well, I, I would try to do better than that. But at the end, the end of the day, if I've, like, exhausted all my options in the league, to be honest with you, depending on where my roster was, yeah, I think so. So you would take a late if, – if, if you were rebuilding – or, or, you know, kind of a middling team, and you had Jay Jai on your roster, and a contender, a title favorite came to you and said, I will give you what could be 112 for Jay Ajayi. You would make that deal? I know I could do better. Um, so, no, I wouldn't make the deal. But um, so, I guess, so I guess at the end of the day, no, I would hold out because I think I know I could do better than that, uh, especially this yeah. time of year. Someone needs a running back. But, yeah, I mean, that's where I would start the conversation. I would definitely get something thrown in. So... That's where I'm at. Cool. Yeah, cool. give me that. Give me that 108. I think that's. I think that's what I'd want. All right. All right. So we, we, a lot of Jai talk, and we, we need to move on. Let's let's move faster, guys, because th- this is an important time of year. I mean, we're getting into trade deadlines. People need to make some moves. We need to make some moves. And uh, Will, who's the next guy on your list? And 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 it's a buy. Uh, and and why would you like what kind of team wants to buy this next guy on your list i'm I'm just jumping to this i'm going to Corey coleman Corey coleman because uh, i think Corey coleman is a great buy opportunity who is sick of owning Corey coleman the person that owns Corey coleman he's been injured all the time <laughs> he's finished greatness anytime he's playing like not greatness over the top but he i mean he's a producer and i am such a non-fan of owning bronze players i think that's like I fell into the trap a little bit this year, but I, I mean, in general, like everybody's done owning Cleveland Browns players overall, but Corey Coleman, he was up there. I mean, he was what, like 15th in the draft that year. Uh, I honestly think like, I think Jackson, I think, I think the, the Browns are going to get rid of, rid of their coach before they change their roster around. Like you have these people in the background controlling things and he's the one fighting it. I think he's going to be gone uh, sooner rather than later, especially if they go like defeated and, at the end of the day, you know, he's on IR. If your team's struggling and you can give up, you know, maybe uh, maybe like an ultra asset to a contending team or do something, uh, Corey Coleman is, I think, I, I think if the, when I was putting together this list, and I know he may be a little bit like, uh, he was a little bit too popular for somebody I wanted to talk about, but I think he might be one of my favorite buys for the future. Okay, that, that's interesting. Um, uh, so, Trey, what do you think of that? Do you, do you agree with that assessment? Do you think the Corey Coleman owner – is tired of him already? Do you think they just want to want to see him go? Because if someone, I mean, I, I mean, depending on the situation, if someone kind of trade got him in a trade and they acquired him, they may feel that way. But I think people that drafted Corey Coleman really believe in him still. Um, but it's certainly you know a contender, and he's not not doing anything. You know, maybe he's a great value. Trey, what, what do you think, Corey Coleman? He, he's an interesting name, and I agree with Will. I mean, if you can get him at the right price, you know, I, I think he certainly has potential, despite the fact he plays for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I agree. I think that he, you know, especially for a rebuilding team, he he's the kind of guy 
kind of a little bit lower tier. Um, I mean, he has the potential um, and the athleticism to be really good, but he hasn't been on the field a whole lot. And so I do think that you you might find an owner that's ready to unload him. So maybe a, a Larry Fitzgerald, um, maybe a Pierre Garcon, although with the quarterback struggles at those with those two teams, you know, I don't, I don't know that the contenders are really looking at those guys as favorably. But, yes, I would. I'd be willing to, to throw out a, an offer for Corey Coleman. What kind of offer? What, what do you think? Uh, Will, what, 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 uh, what are you going to offer? I, I, I'm, I've got Craig Coleman. I'm a contender, let's say. What are you going to send me? I, I need, I need yeah, to tell I, me what I now. The ideal scenario is I have Michael Crabtree. I'm going to send him your way. You're going to give me Corey Coleman, and you're going to give me a second-round pick. Hmm, okay. But I'm a contender, and I have, I have Crabtree. Why, didn't, why wouldn't I keep Crabtree? No, no, no. I have Crabtree. Oh, you, oh I'm sorry. And you're, you're, you're the contender. Yes, I need Crabtree, yes. Even though he's 30 years old, I want him because I want to win this year. Yeah, and he's you know he could he's the the upside of a potential of a WR one the rest of the season long, uh, and he's on a you know good offense and I think he's a great uh, option to send it out there. I wouldn't do it straight up because I think you can get more, but at the end of the day, uh, you're not. I mean, if you're if you're, you have Michael Crabtree and your team's doing poorly, you got to take some risks, and uh, you know a 31 year old Michael Crabtree. It just is, uh, you know, you don't, I I don't know. It's just is, I'm just not holding on to him unless I have an immediate future uh, in hand. Or if, uh, let's say you have somebody again, you know, like an older receiver from somebody who's just going to produce, like throw throw him out there for for Corey Coleman so you can get what you can. Or even an older running back, like, uh, like let's say you're not contending and you have a Doug Martin who's 20, you know, going to be 29. Uh, you know, trying to try to capitalize on what you have in Doug Martin in, in capital and get Corey Coleman plus a little something, something. All right, Trey, what, what's your what's your offer for for Coleman? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, he's not a guy that I would probably like. I would rather have Michael Crabtree than Corey Coleman, um, unless I was just like a complete tear it down. Um, if I'm in a rebuild where I think I have an opportunity to compete next year. I'd rather have Michael Crabtree than Corey Coleman. I, I don't know that I, that I value him um, that highly uh, because I think Michael Crabtree is a solid, rock-solid wide receiver too for at least two or three more years. Um, but I would probably pay – you know, the Doug Martin, I, I like that a little better. If, I, if, if I'm out of it, I don't think Doug Martin has a whole lot to offer long-term. I mean, I think he could have another year or two. But that, that's a guy, I, I, you know, sending off a guy like Doug Martin and getting back Corey Coleman would be something I'd do. That's interesting, Crabtree, because Crabtree's 30 years old. I, I, I guess wide receivers can go, go to 32, and, and they have over time. Um, I don't know. When a wide receiver, you know, turns 30 to me, that's when I, I think is a good time to think about selling him because even though he's got two years of production, I guess if you're a con- – uh, well, no, if you're not a contender, I don't know. I, I, I think I would make, make that move. But that's interesting interesting discussion on, on Crabtree, but we're kind of getting off topic, I guess, with that. Um, we should move on to uh, our next player. You know, there's a guy that, uh, and it's kind of funny because he, he's someone that I was trying to sell on a team that um, I picked him up off the waiver wire earlier this year, and I am pretty much out of it. I'm uh, two and six. I uh, don't really have a shot at the playoffs this year. Uh, but I think that I've begun to change my tune here over the past week to 10 days, and that's Jarek McKinnon. 
Um, this is a guy who has flashed. He, he's always been kind of known as an athletic freak, um, but every time he's kind of had an opportunity, he's not done much with it. So Dalvin Cook goes down. Dalvin Cook um, was producing uh, extremely well behind a pretty good offensive line in Minnesota and, a, and an offense that was kind of reborn this year. And all Jarek McKinnon has done is come in and really keep up almost the exact same production with not quite as many touches. So I think – I don't know that he's back in Minnesota next year. I think he might get a shot to be a, uh, a back um, – a starting running back for a team. The problem is that I don't know – the only way he's probably, you're probably going to be able to buy him is if the, the team that has him isn't a contender and doesn't believe in him. Because if I'm a contender, there's no way I'm selling Jarek McKinnon because I feel like he's a, a low-end RB1 for the rest of the season. Uh, but he's a guy where I would have said a couple weeks ago, I'd, you know, try and sell him and capitalize. Um, I think I'd hold him. Even if, even if I'm not a contender, I think I would hold him. And, 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 and if you have the opportunity to acquire him, I would do so. Yeah, I, I love Jarek McKinnon. I, I owned him in a dynasty league and then in another league – I got him as kind of a throw-in, or kind of that was the the piece that that put the deal over the top. And that this is my empire league where I lost Zeke. So now that I feel that that's you know he's a not exactly a substitute for Zeke, but pretty decent substitute all things considered. You know as well as I could have done. Uh, so no, I like Jerick McKinnon. He is you know athletically off the charts, and he's starting to put it together. And I, I think that he does have a future in the National Football League, even if he's not a future back at his next stop. Um, I, I think he is going to be uh, a player worth having on your team. Will, what do you think of Jerick McKinnon? He's your hometown guy, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings. What, what, what are your thoughts? Has, uh, you know, a full-fledged member of the Vikings hype train that is Minneapolis, especially can't, I probably shouldn't have said that too loud here, in the Denver Grand Hyatt. God bless him for promoting our podcast tonight. Uh, just kidding. But I'm, I'm honestly – I'm selling hard on Jared McKinnon. Uh, I, and, you know, where's he going to sign next year? What are he going to do? Do we have any actual proof that Jared McKinnon is really good at football besides? I mean, I get that he's an extremely, extremely good athlete. And he has shown some flashes lately. But uh, I just, like, what really puts it over the top for you guys that he is, like, this hold or this keep if your team isn't doing well? I think if you can get, like, a first-round pick for, for Jared McKinnon, even if you know if it's going to be a late one for next year, I am buying that all day. And in redraft, if I can if I can move Jared McKinnon on this bye week this week, and I can get an asset that's going to benefit my team, I know, for the rest of the year, uh, I, I'm moving him. Like, I don't like, – as, as good as the Vikings offense is, what if this was to Teddy Bridgewater? What if he isn't as good as he used to be? Like, there's a lot of ifs in that offense, and I am going to sell on his great production lately to a team that they think they can win it all, and I'm going to try to capitalize as best as I can. Wow, I, I like it. Uh, I, the disagreement. I'm I'm shocked. I thought as a Vikings guy, you would love Jerick McKinnon. Um. Well, okay. So fine. You're gonna sell him. What do you What do you want to get in return? Well, uh, let me let me sell like in uh in dynasty. Like I said, like maybe trying to get a late 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 first or late first. Maybe nobody's gonna have an early second. They're really gonna trade him for you because they're not. They don't want that. Uh, and I think look look at the receiver depth. Pair Jerick McKinnon to a team that's gonna be winning something. And grab Sammy Watkins. Do something that's going to benefit your team long term. Pair, pair Jared McKinnon with a pick, maybe like a second rounder, and grab uh, 
uh, grab, grab A-Rob and, and see if you can get him. If that's a contending team, see if you can do it that way. If they're going to try to compete for a championship, use him as a piece that's going to potentially propel somebody this year to what they think is going to be, you know, their fantasy championship. And he may, he make, you know, he might, he, you know, he may do that, but use him as a piece that's going to give you a better long-term dynasty asset and capitalize on his current value in redraft. Uh, I'm just, I'm just looking for like a, you know, I would send Jarek McKinnon away. If, as long as I have some decent other running backs, I'm sending him for like uh, Deshaun Jackson. I'm sending him for somebody who's going to give me no, no more buys, good production in their weeks. Like uh, let me pair him or just even like straight, like if a really running back needs a team that's got some wins, give, give me Jarvis Landry. Give me something that's going to, you know, like let me win this week while McKinnon's on by to a team that's winning without a running back. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Trey, any, any, any rebuttal or any other thoughts before we move on from McKinnon? No, not really. I mean, I just, I think that um, people forget the dynamics, you know, player profiler. I think his um, best comparable was LaDainian Tomlinson who uh, was a fairly decent running back. And what? I, I think what McKinnon has shown – so much. What, what McKinnon has shown on the field this year – I mean, he, he's been just as good as Dalvin Cook was in the same offense, on the same offensive line. And so, you know, I, I think that there's a real opportunity. I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick for Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, and, and he's a guy in, in redraft I'd be buying. But anyway, I, yeah. I'll be interested to see, you know, there's a definite risk with him. If you could get a first round pick in dynasty and you're not contending this year, um, I think you could, you know, take the chance that this is all that he's going to have and, and sell him. But he's a guy I think has some, some potential to, to be something special maybe. Yeah. In full point PPR scoring, you throw out the Baltimore game, three out of the last four games then. 26.6 points, 26.9 points, 24.2 points. Um, that, that's, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Um, so we, we've spent a lot of time on McKinnon. Uh, why don't we go lightning round, guys? Why don't we, we just kind of throw out some names and in like 30 seconds or less talk about why we want to buy or sell them. Um, I'll go first. I want to do a sell. I want to talk about Lamar Miller. And the reason I say Lamar Miller, it depends on what you can get for him. But I don't think he's anything special. Um, I think Foreman's going to take over that job eventually. And people are talking about him as a sneaky buy, I think, in dynasty circles. So I think that kind of makes him a sneaky sell. I think you could, you could get some interest. Um, so Lamar Miller is one of my, my sells, depending on what you can get for him. Will, 30 seconds or less, buy or sell, quickly. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'll just I'll say, I'm not, I, I'll maybe even throw out an offer for him. If I have him, uh, I'm going like, to hold on for a King's Ransom because chances are you had him last year. You've a lot invested in him. In, in redraft, I think, go out there and, and make some offers. But his last week is going to hurt your – the recency bias and everything else about that. Like, uh, I guess uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll be, I'd be on the sell boat. What are you selling him for, Ryan? This is 30 seconds or less lightning round. Um, I, you know, if I could get uh... – Crabtree. <laughs> I, I guess I'd take Crabtree for, for Lamar Miller. I actually made that deal earlier this year. <laughs> so that's funny. Uh, Trey, quickly, thirty like a lightning round, buy or sell. Yeah, he he's a sell for me. I don't know how much you can get for him, but I, I don't see him being super productive for a long time. Um, McKinnon would, in the third. I'd try to find a I'd try to find a contender that uh, is looking to add a running back that can give him some production down the stretch. Um, yeah, it's, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be buying that's for sure. 
All right, th- let's throw out two more guys. Uh, Trey, you go next. Uh, throw out a guy. We'll do like a 30-second lightning round. A quick reaction. Um, th- so by Chris Godwin. You know, he's a guy that I believed in coming out of college. Um, I think that the, the Bucks have just been in bad shape this year. Um, Jameis Winston's shoulder has been an issue. The offense has just not looked good. They may be in for a coaching change. I don't know if Cutter's going to get some extra time. Um, but I really believe in Godwin. I believe he's going to uh, provide an opportunity there to be an integral part of that passing game moving forward. And I think he, he, you could probably get him super cheap right now. So I think Chris Godwin is a guy I still believe in long term. I like that. Will, um, you want to respond to Chris Godwin or do your own 30 second lightning? No, just uh, send out, see if you can get a third or, you know, the send a third round pick for Chris Godwin right now. All right. What dynasty and switch it up. Give me Curtis Samuel in this new revamped Carolina Panthers offense. They're selling wide receivers like hotcakes and by wide receivers, I mean one of them. And I just means they have more faith in the wide receiver that uh, it, to me, at least, it makes me feel like uh, Curtis Samuel is a second-round rookie pick last year. It was a great pickup, and I'm holding. Or that person who has him thinks like, "Oh, well, I got a you know, like I have this great player." Or if they're a contender, maybe you can get him for cheap. At the end of the day, Curtis Samuel would have made such a bigger splash if if it weren't for uh, John John Ross setting the record at the at the combine. Super quick, super good. Like he's going to be that slot receiver, and I think that offense can evolve. Like Cam Newton's a good enough quarterback to do it, and I uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Curtis Samuel is redraft fantasy relevant by week 16 yeah go back and watch uh curse samuel play in college um he was really phenomenal and, and there were some uh you know experts when when he was in the you know in the draft talking about how he he's a guy you should take in that early second round because he, he was explosive and exciting and and people kind of got sour on him because uh they, they drafted mccaffrey and they're like well they got mccaffrey and samuel so i can they use them both they'll figure out how to use them both because he's that good um any final thoughts about Curtis Samuel before we move on to hot, bold, spicy takes? No, I like that take. I, th- I think – and I know this may sound super crazy, but after Carolina traded their tight end to Buffalo, um, I think that Curtis Samuel could potentially outproduce Devin Funches down the stretch. I mean, I am not a believer in Devin Funches. Now that Kelvin Benjamin's gone, I think his production could disappear. I think that offense could be in trouble. Um, but we'll see. But I think Curtis Samuel is a guy that could um, see some serious production down the stretch. Uh, quick, before we get to our, our, our takes, who do you think is going to be the top wide receiver this week in, for Carolina? Not tight end, wide receiver. Who's going to score the most points? No, it has to be a wide receiver? Yeah, for, that, for Carolina. Who are they playing this week? Who are they? Who are they playing this week? Oh, I think it's. Uh, is it? Is it Tampa? I, I need to look it up. I'll verify. I think it's Tampa. No, I think New Orleans. Oh, New Fantasy Orleans. Fantasy moment of the week. Who's Carolina <laughs> playing? Great. Who in the world is Carolina playing? Uh, let's find out. Uh, oh, they're on by. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, it's oh, the Falcons. It's Atlanta. The Falcons. And, and and that's a that's a push that that's that, that's uh, even in terms of who's going to win. Uh, Long story I'm, short, go- I'm just not, I'm not taking funches. I'm going Curtis Samuel. I'm, I'm going, she- I'll go Shepard. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about going to Shepard as well, actually. 
Well, well on, he's, a, he's unavailable. Said, had to be now. a wide receiver. Well, well, who else can I pick? What other wide receivers do they have? <laughs> who knows? Devin Funches. Funches. You can take Funches. He's like the, <laughs> oh, I have to take Funches. Like okay, I guess I get stuck with Funches. Okay, I'll take Funches. <laughs> we'll see who wins next week on the Fantasy Joes. But let's let's do it, guys. Let's move on. Let's move on to our hot, bold, spicy takes of the week. So if you are listening to, for the first time, thank you, first of all. Please uh, post a review. We appreciate it. Uh, secondly, there, we have five levels of uh, hot, bold, spicy takes here. We've got banana pepper. We've got jalapeno. We've got habanero. We've got ghost pepper. And then we have the almighty Carolina Reaper. Um, <sighs> takes are assigned points one to five based on the, um, the boldness of the, the take. They're um, not one to five. What? What do you mean they're not one to five? They're banana pepper to Carolina Reaper. Right. One point for banana pepper up to five points for Carolina Reaper. Um, we uh, Last week, we're not going to even – we're just going to look past it. You know, it's like <laughs> if you have one of those games where you just get blown out, you know, like the, the Dolphins got blown out by the, the, the Ravens. Do they even watch the tape on that? No. They just trade away – as many players as they can and they move on. That's what we're going to do. Like the Browns for getting that phone call. (laughs) I was close on Tyrod Taylor. I was close. (laughs) Man, mine were like the worst ever last week. I mean, one of my takes was, uh, was was a wide receiver too that didn't even, wasn't even active last week. So that's how bad my takes were. Um, Okay. So it it didn't even get Carolina Reaper. (laughs) uh, It was bad. Okay. So I'm still ahead, uh, 16 total points. Uh, Will's got three, Trey's got two, um, but we none of us have scored for a while now. So let, let's get let's get the scoring going. I'm not I'm cheer, I'm cheering for everybody. I, I just want us to get some some points on the board. All of us, we need, all need them. So Trey, uh, you you want to start us off with your first hot bolt spicy take? Yes. So first uh, hot bold. Spicy take for me is uh, coming off of the buy that uh, Orleans Darqua, I believe, is going to uh, secure. I mean, he's going to share carries. I think that Wayne Gallman is going to get some some work there and um, Shane Vereen in the passing game. But I think that he has showed enough. I think that he has looked the best in that backfield. And coming off their buy, I think that he comes out and has a solid week. I mean, they're playing the Rams, uh, but I'm going to put Orleans Darkwa as a top 15 running back this week. Top 15 running back. Woo, Darkwa, really? Uh, you know, so part of me thinks, okay, you've got six teams on by, but then the other part of me thinks it, it's Darkwa. I mean, how, how good can he actually do? Um, and, oh, man. Um I'm trying to lead off here. I, I'm not even sure where to go. Well, do you, do you know where you want to start off with this? I mean, it's, I think it's pretty hot. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely habanero if nothing else. Yeah, that's not, the highest we'd be willing to go would be habanero just because it's uh, – Darkwood is their is there starter now. He had a good week against Denver, and they had their bye. Uh, it's, I just don't know how – you know. I so, will say yeah. this. Since the – just real quick – since the Denver game, they have played one more game, and in that game, he was actually out-touched. No, he's out-snapped by Wayne Gallman. So he he didn't he wasn't even the leading running back as far as snaps in the most recent football game that they played. So 
that, that it's could... no guarantee that he's going to come in and get, you know, a, a bunch of touches. I just feel like that he's the most talented. And I think that in the bye week, I think that, you know, they have an opportunity to really regroup. Um, you know, I've not seen anything that said that he's going to dominate in touches, but I think that there's the opportunity if they go with the hot hand, I think he's the best running back in that group. So. No, that's a, that's a that's a good point because game script could get you in trouble with this with this take because if um you know if the if the Giants get down to the Rams then they probably will they're not gonna feed the ball to Darkwa right so Gallman can catch the ball a little bit I think so um hmm yeah okay. Vereen Vereen probably oh, gets a lot of work if they're you're, down you're 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 not hard selling me on this one I'm Habanero is that the hottest one to go Darkwa was the leading carrier or is by yards against Seattle with thirty five. He got blown out twenty-four uh, to seven. Uh, all right, so, uh, all right. How, how, he, he, the snaps, the snaps are like they were trailing that whole game. Like that wasn't a good game. All right, I tried, tried. I like, You're but I think I honestly think Habanero is a good, a good amount of spiciness for this one. <laughs> all right. Like I feel like that's a. I think it'd be very easy jalapeno because he would uh, he would score because the Rams light up the scoreboard. It's the number one scoring offense, so maybe you know they're going to need to score. All right, so maybe this will be better for you, Will. We'll, we'll, I'll do my running back. Um, and I'm going a little bit bolder in terms of where I think you're going to finish top 12. Kenyon Drake gets it going. He is a starter now in Miami. And despite the fact that they have football outsiders in the next to last uh, best uh, run blocking offensive line, I think he's going to be an RB1. I, I think uh, there's going to be a little spark there, and he's going to be like, this is my opportunity, baby. And uh, – He's going to be an RB1. Uh, so, Kenyon Drake, RB1. What do you think, Will? How do you like that take? Oh, I was going to leave this to Trey lead off. Uh, my initial opinion, oh, geez. Uh, I mean, like, it's, it's so hard to know who's going to take those snaps. And that Kenyon Drake's going to be an RB1 this week. I want to put it above Orleans Darkwood being in a, a top 15, but I, I struggle with it. What do you think, Trey? Well, I will be honest. I'm probably not the person to ask because I have been a, a, a Drake believer. You know, he was a, I believe he was a second round pick in the NFL draft. And, um, you know, I, I think that, of course, that offense has looked terrible. And, and I don't know that, um, you know, trading Jay Ajayi and, you know, the talk of trading um, Jarvis Landry. Who does Miami play this week? Oakland. They play Oakland. And is that game at home? Is it in Miami? It's in Miami. Yes, it is. It's a hard rock stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. So Welcome you got, to Miami. Yeah. So you know, I'm Miami. I don't think Damon Williams is very good. I do think it's going to be a pretty decent timeshare. I don't see a lot of touchdowns being scored. But I definitely – so I just checked on the ESPN app, and in the format that we use for our hot takes, the half PPR, um, Kenyon Drake is actually projected to score nine points this week, which is one almost one full point more than Orleans Darqua, who's expected to score 8.1. So um, I think it's probably got to be a habanero. That's optimistic. And I think that here's, here's the other thing I'd like to do, and we'll see if w- what will let us get away with. Maybe could we just do like a head-to-head, okay, uh, Drake versus Darkwa for the hot spicy take? So oh, somebody's uh, getting points? Oh, no. Only if Will, like, will gets to will. pick 
Will gets to pick a running back, though. He gets to pick some, some basura, as they would say in Miami, running back to uh, throw. Hey, right, I will take Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way we're running this show. No, this isn't. This isn't 2016. <laughs> you, do you want to do you want to take some time and, and find oh uh, uh no give me lynch <laughs> marshawn lynch actually i would be ten, I, w- I would give him marshawn lynch trip if you wanted to that'd be fun let's do it i don't feel like that's, that's, a, that's a stretch <laughs> head to head to head he has darkwa I, mean, I, I didn't even see the reports if he showed up for practice today or not so <laughs> all right all right for habanero points Habanero. Okay, Habanero. I got to write this. Oh, that's the funnest. Okay. Let's move on. I don't know if I can get over this. It's so much fun. Darkwa versus Drake. I feel like you're writing down this as a pen. We typically use Google Docs. No, I'm typing this into Google Docs, so we're going to be all set. Okay. Um, So now are we also going to get the points if they finish top 15 and top 12? I think that's yeah, fair. but yeah, you yeah. only get have no, yeah, 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 fine. Yeah, yeah. I think that's habanero for both. I mean, on that, I mean, there's a total side bet. Yeah, uh, but all the the two other takes are habanero. Then all right, good deal. Perfect. All right, fine, fine. So, so Will, do you want to go with your, what you were going to go with with? Or yeah, want to want to? Well, I still get it. I still get my own takes, guys. Get, get out of here. Oh, this so this is a completely separate side bet. Then we still get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Okay, yeah. So you uh, get your own hot take. So what's your? What's your first hot take then? Hot bold spicy take. My first one, uh, and it rarely happens that I want this, uh, but I think that this is a visca. I just I, I don't know if it's like the the inner like hipster me that wants to go counter counterculture, but uh, I want to do Deshaun Watson finishes outside of the top ten two Bs this week against Indianapolis. Okay, um, I, I I would actually think this wasn't so bold, but he's going against Indianapolis. Um, and, and there aren't too many QB. Well, you know, there were six teams on by, right? So um, all the good teams are on by. All, all the good teams are. Um, well, at least quarterback wise, the, the bears. You're right. I forgot Trubisky's on by. So there's one. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty, it's pretty, I don't know. I, I would almost go uh, ghost pepper on that Trey. What do you think? Yeah, I think that um, I don't remember what the line in this game was, but I, I want to say it was pretty high, and I think they're favored by 13, um, you know, and, and there's always the chance, kind of like with, with, of course, you know, Matt Ryan, the time he finished outside, he actually struggled. It wasn't the running back scoring the points. But the, I think the way they're throwing the ball and, and the way that they're throwing the ball downfield to those wide receivers – I mean, it, this is just one of those classic letdown games where they could come in and, uh, you know, actually struggle to beat Indianapolis. Uh, but I'm going to say I'd be on board with Ghost Pepper as well. I think I think there's pretty – is it top ten or just quarterback one? What, what did you – you said outside the top ten? Top ten. Okay, outside the top ten. It's in Houston, 14-point favorites. The over-under is 49.5. I think the the hope that you have here, here, Will, is if let's say Houston gets up, you know, they're up by like you know twenty eight zip, and they just decide to run the ball, and oh, let's see how Foreman does, and you know, so game script could certainly help you in this game. Uh, but still, I I think even then, I think even if they blow them out, I think by halftime he could be a, a QB one. So so no, so we're going with uh, we're going with Ghost Pepper then, Trey. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. All right, GP, Ghost Pe- GP, Ghost Pepper. 
And that brings us straight to your final uh, hot, bold, spicy take of the week. So my final hot, bold, spicy take of the week is uh, I'm calling Deshaun Jackson, who is, uh, I think that he's the, I think he's somewhere in the mid thirties right now for wide receivers. Um, I'm going to say that Deshaun Jackson this week going up against new Orleans is going to be a top 15 wide receiver. I think he goes in. I think he gets the job done. I'm a little nervous about this take because of Jameis Winston's shoulder. I don't know that he can push the ball. I think if Jameis Winston were healthy and, and not the offense wasn't struggling the way they are right now, I think that this would be a little bit less spicy. Um, but I, I just like, even with the New Orleans defense being a little improved, um, I think there's a possibility that Deshaun Jackson can find some success there. and. Uh, I think that, you know, top 15 is – I mean, it's a ceiling probably play, but I, I'm, I, I think that it's a – I think it's a good take. Hmm. Well, even if Jameis has, has issues, has to go to the game, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick there, Trey. So, yeah. um, Will, I'm going to – I think I gave my thought first, so I'd like to hear yours first. Uh, on the Your thought was that Ryan Fitzpatrick can throw the No, no, I mean, on, 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 well. Trey's, on Trey's first take, on Trey's first take, I went hot, I said. <laughs> no, I'm just giving so. you a hard time. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I you know, um, top 15 play against New Orleans, I, I just feel like they're going to be chasing points. I, I, I think, a, like, my, my gut tells me to go lower, but uh, I'm willing to go – uh, just have an arrow here. Yeah, I think I like that too, because I think that. Yeah, I mean, we know he can. He's capable of a top fifteen week, anytime. Just the kind of player he is. I think it's. A, I think it's a bold, spicy take that he's going to do it, and I, I love the aspect of you putting it out there on the limb that you're going to do it. Uh, it just is. It. it it's. Uh, I, I. I. And I don't want to go lower because he hasn't done it enough yet. And I, and I like it. I think Habanero is a really fair rating for that. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I think I think. Yeah, I'm fine good. with that. I mean, I you know, not not every not every take's gonna be Ghost Pepper or Carolina Reaper. Not every take like my last one is gonna be uh, Carolina Reaper, yep. and that's Denver going into mighty Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the NFL. I think it's going to be a defensive struggle, and I think Denver's going to pull out the victory. They're nine and a half point underdogs, and, and I and I know they've they've done it before, but that was at home. Or no, no, they they've been, they've they've lost to the mighty underdogs at home. That was to the Giants. So I think Denver is going to go into Philadelphia and win. They, they Brock Osweiler uh, led uh, Denver Broncos. I might add. I think that hurts the over under. <laughs> So, or not that the spread. So, uh, so I, th- I think Trey. Uh, yeah, I'll go first because I think Will's okay, gone go first. So I, you know, this is, and I think I said this last week with, uh, or maybe it was the week before with an upset pick. So I mean, because we have been, we have, I mean, Ryan, I think you've gotten two different upsets that you've called. I know that you called the Buffalo over Atlanta, right? Um, and uh, you know, I, I was tempted last week to to call the um i don't remember what i've said anyway earlier in the season called the uh kansas city over new england so i 
I have a hard time if it's if just picking, even if it's a nine point underdog, I have a hard time going much over um, jalapeno for like a single game upset call. I, I'd be interested to hear what will. I mean, I, I could be convinced. I mean, I, I do think that Denver um, has, you know, on paper, this looks like a clear win for Philadelphia, but it's the NFL and it, you know, any, any team can beat any other team on a given night. Um, well, what what is your what what's your gauge on the spiciness of this take? I, I guess if we're going like a, if you're choosing a, a nine point underdog, you're just going straight up. It's eight and a half on ESPN. Uh, it's, it's like, who knows where the Vegas line will end? But uh, and I think that because uh, I, I, I was looking at this game, I, I almost made a take about it because I think the Broncos could go in and upset the Eagles just because I think the Eagles are a little bit overrated. Uh, in the sense of this uh, spread, but a straight up win, I'll go. I'll go have an arrow because I don't think they're going to do it. I'm willing to do that. All right, Trey, got to come to consensus. You said uh, jalapeno. I could go. I could go jalapeno, and they could go habanero. I'm just no, not really passionate about it. <laughs> All right, Trey, you got to make a decision here. Yeah, that's fine. We could go habanero. Um. Wait, he's we, in the lead, though, so maybe we should just go milk. No, that's kidding. right. No, I'll go habanero. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, know, I'm fine with that. I, I, I don't need to be – I don't have to be stingy with the with the point possibilities. It, yeah, and it's going to be on the back of that Denver defense, obviously, because the offense is going is, is to be bad. I mean, if I have any hope to get this right, it's going to have to be low scoring. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, I, but I, I don't know. I have a feeling about this one. I've had a feeling about these before, so we'll see. Um but but uh, that leaves us with Will's final hot, bold, spicy take. So bring it home, Will. Is it is it a hot one? Well, I saved it for the second because I thought it would be pretty good. Uh, and I, I was looking at those spreads. This is where that came. This kind of came up because I was looking at that Broncos Eagles game, and I was like, uh, "Well, what what would you really think can happen?" And I, I wanted to kind of piggyback just just slightly. One. I think the Packers are going to beat the Lions. Uh, Packers are road do- or home dogs to the Lions. And two, I think Hunley finishes a top seven QB this week against the Detroit Lions. It's a, it's a Monday night game um, at Lambeau. Yeah, the Lions are uh, two and a half point favorites. That's interesting. They, they won, I believe last year they went into Lambeau and won. If memory so that's already a half an arrow take. So went to the rest of it must be... What, was massive. that the was that the Marvin Jones uh, Marvin Jones game? I think where he went in there and went went crazy, like two hundred um, yards and like ten touchdowns in one game is yeah, weird. Yeah, um, I th- I think that the really what what really makes this one stand out was not only you, are you calling the Packers beating the Lions, which I don't think is like in and of itself is that bold, but Hundley, even though you've got the teams on by, finishes as a top seven QB. I think he's definitely going to be better than he showed a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think he, I hope so for the people that picked him up and are relying on him in the Superflex leagues, but, um, I, this is pretty hot. So I think I, you know, if, if my, my last take was habanero, I think this has to be one level up like a ghost pepper with the combination there, Trey, maybe even hotter. Yeah. I, the victory, um, would surprise me slightly because I don't know that Green Bay um, has a lot to offer. It's at home. Anything can happen. Um, 
but I would say I, I would be willing to go for Brett Hundley to be top seven and for them to get the win. I'd be willing to go to Carolina Reaper. I mean, I think that's hot. I just looked on the ESPN app, and based on their projections, he's he's expected to finish quarterback 25. So, you know, I think he could get a rushing touchdown and throw a passing touchdown and throw for 250 yards and still not be a top-seven quarterback this week. So, I mean, I, I think that it's – that take, the combination, is probably worthy of uh, of a Carolina Reaper. All right, let's do it. Carolina What's Reaper. Is that, I, I, don't even, I don't even like UCLA. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brett Hundley is an incredible quarterback in the preseason. <laughs> if this was a preseason take, it would be jalapeno. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a statistic that, that said that um, excluding preseason – I think he's thrown one touchdown and five or six interceptions as an NFL starter. I am trying to acquire I, – I tried all over the place this week to acquire the Detroit Lions DST. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know. For, for whatever reason, I just – I don't know. Maybe I think uh, Mike McCarthy is smarter than he really is because – I don't know. I think like there's something inside him that, that I think he thinks that, that Hundley can, can be, you know, viable and get them into the playoffs. But, but you're Oof. right, Trey, the, the information indicates that uh, yeah, that's not the case. That offensive line is bad. I mean, it's, yeah, I think they're in trouble. Yeah, they could be. They very well could be. So closing thoughts this week, you know, no one really deserves it because we had goose eggs last week, but um Trey, Will, I'll just throw it out there. Do we want to say anything to our listeners before we before we close the show? The the one thing I'd like to say is is when it comes to hot takes and the 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 amount of fun that we put into this and thought because I, I actually do think quite hard about these before I go and just say put them out there is uh, looking at like fantasy pros hot takes and I think it was Mike Taglier. Uh, I don't think he got a single hot take right on his uh, hot takes for week eight and uh, it's just it's like this just to put in like. This is all – this is a little bit of fun at the end of the episode. It's things that we think could, could potentially happen. And, again, at the end of the day, this is what we play fantasy football for. And don't make start-sit decisions based on these. But, uh, you know, have some fun and, and make some gut decisions with your fantasy team. Have, you know, do what you want. I'll say real quick, too, just a closing thought. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because you really enjoy dynasty fantasy football and you're trying to be better. And the two things I would tell you, one, go through every dynasty league that you're in and look at your team and identify, are you a contender or are you rebuilding? If you are in the middle, you've got to pick one way or do not just sit and make no moves moving forward. This is a great time of year to capitalize on what other teams are doing. Um, And then kind of piggybacking on that. Secondly, be offering trades in every one of your leagues at least every other week. If you're in three or four leagues, pick start tomorrow whenever, or whenever you're listening to this, pick one team and make at least two or three trade offers in that league. None of them might get accepted, but it might open the door. You are never going to make a trade if you don't make offers. And so coming from someone who's very active in trading, very active in trade negotiations, you have to you, you start the first step to doing that is either sending a message 
or sending a trade offer. Um, but start making some moves. Make your team better for next year if you're rebuilding or make your team better for this year if you're going for the championship. But don't just stand pat. Do something. Make some moves. I like it. Yeah, this is the time of year to do it, just to build on what, what has been said. Make some moves and don't be afraid. And I love that take, Trey, about if you're just kind of in the middle. And I've got one dynasty team like that, and I need to decide what to do. Am I, am I going to try to contend or am I going to try to uh, look for the future? I think that's, that's really insightful. And I think with that, we're going to end the show. Um, I want to thank everyone again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly. Please do. TheFantasyJoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is always welcome. You need to let us know what we're doing right and what you want from us. And as a reminder, we come at you weekly on Thursdays with new episodes. Um, But be sure to subscribe to the show every week so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I am at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. And if we, if, if I can do it in Denver in the bar, you can listen to it at home. That's Fantasy right. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Good night, Denver. They, they all went to bed. <laughs> yeah. They're like, screw this. <laughs> <laughs>